this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bellringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today are Terry Galanis and Elizabeth Galanis Miller, the father-daughter duo that leads ceiling devices right here in Western New York. Throughout the episode, we talk about what it's like to be a manufacturer during a pandemic, and more broadly, what it's like to execute family succession planning from the grandfather that started the business, eventually to Liz, who is today the director of sales. Thank you so much to both of them for their time in the episode, and you for your time listening. Great. So for those that don't know, tell us a bit about Ceiling Devices, and we could start with you, Terry. Well, Ceiling Devices started in 1963 in our garage in Alden, New York. My dad got fired from his previous job, and he didn't like the ethics of the company he was working for anywhere. So he was approached by one of the major seal manufacturers to go into business, and they would support him. Uh, so we started in our garage. Uh, we ordered $157 worth of O-rings. My mother, who had uh, very little experience in business world, uh, answered the phone in our family room, and our garage became the warehouse. And uh, the original intention of ceiling devices was to have a business of three to five people in a little storefront to sell O-rings all over New York State. So that worked well. Uh, shortly after my, my parents got in business, my dad got a line of very, very uh, sophisticated metal gaskets. And uh, they came from uh, New Jersey and they were shipped in a, uh, what they used to call Excelsior, which was uh, wood shavings in a big box. And as the company started to grow, we started to go out of the garage and we started moving into the living room. Well, when we were in the living room, my mother saw all the wood shavings on the rug. And by this time, my father and I were working pretty closely in this business. And I was a teenager, I was 16. And she said, okay, you guys, you gotta get out of here. You know? <laughs> so we looked for some warehouse space, cheap warehouse space, cause we didn't have any money. Um, and that time incidentally, my parents never took a salary for two years, just living expenses. And during that time in the 1960s, going to high school, nobody had any money anyway. We always had part-time jobs in the summer. And so we moved into an old battery plant that used to make batteries for World War II in Depew, New York. It was on a place called Neoga Street. And the process from the battery making on the first floor, he did the second floor. So when they weren't making batteries, the second floor was freezing and there was no air conditioning. So <laughs> we were there for a couple years and sales got to be about a half a million dollars. So we moved out to Alden and built a 7,500 square foot building in 1968. We looked at it and it was huge. It was absolutely huge. Well, two years later, as the business really started to grow, we ended up doubling the size of that plant. And then uh, when I came to the company back in 1972, 
the business was doing a million dollars, but it was growing. It had been, been in business about eight or nine years now, and it was starting to steamroll. And uh, I worked for Eaton Corporation after college and after the Army for a couple of years, and then my dad asked me to come into the business. He wanted me to get out on my own. So when I came, the business, after nine years, had reached a million dollars. The following year, not because I came there, but of all the work they had done, you know, uh, it had reached a million and a half. So it was now really starting to grow. And uh, so we outgrew the, uh, the building that we were in uh, in Alden, or in Lancaster, and then we moved across the street. We bought six acres across the street and built a 35,000 square foot building. And uh, we moved everybody over to the one building. We kept growing and we had retained the building across the street. So we had two facilities. We moved half over there in 1986 and that got to be cumbersome. So in 1993, we built a, uh, another addition of about uh, 30,000 square feet onto the new building that we had. So in 1993, we had approximately about 60,000 square feet of space. And then we continued to grow and sales kept growing and everything else. And uh, we made four or five additions to the building that we're on. We now have 10 acres, 10 and a half acres on one plot and about uh, five acres across the street in some buildings that we have over there. So today we have almost 200,000 square feet and uh, we have, last year we did about $70 million in sales. So, and we have uh, 200 employees. So my father's vision of a three to five people with no stress, <laughs> but my father was a visionary. He passed away uh, at 102, this uh, June, and terrific guy. We got him in the office every day, made sure that he was happy. This was his life, he built it. So that's kind of our story in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, and you know, you, it's an amazing story, kind of, you know, going from the garage to where you're at today and, and fascinating to learn about and then, you know, be on a, albeit virtually, you know, with both of you here today and kind of see the link from, from there till today. So, um, you know, Liz, tell us a bit about kind of your involvement and, and where along that story you jump in and, um, and then, you know, we can go from today and what, what tomorrow in the future looks like, because a lot of what um, some of the advantages that family businesses might have is that advantage in planning for the future and succession planning and having a pretty clear path. So kind of tell us a bit about how you touch the business. So I started here about 14 years ago. Um, I had the same path as my father. We had to, we were always told, go to school for what you want to go and learn. Um, I can teach you business. So I went to school for sports management at Medi College and worked for the Sabres and the Buffalo Destroyers and sold advertising for a little while. And, and then it was time for me to come in and um, my father said, okay, you can come in. And I said, okay, well, I make this. And he said, well, I'm going to pay you this. <laughs> it was a pay cut, but you know, it was, he said, you want to work here or not? So um, I started in customer service and learned that side of the business and then moved over to um, the sales side 
and learned some of the marketing and um, had a territory, worked a lot of different angles with the company, worked with some suppliers, um, dealt with a lot of different people in the business. And um, about three years ago, took over the director of sales um, and marketing job that really um, we had a vice president who worked for us for a very long time, did a wonderful job. Um, but as our company grew, we realized we needed to split his role into two. So we now have a director of operations and a director of sales. Um, so we've been making some much needed changes that have evolved the company to um, be a much larger scale in the future. Um, we have added salespeople, we've added marketing initiatives, we've added operational people to get us to where we need to be. Um, so the vision going forward, I think, is um, constant growth. We want to constantly grow. We want to make our business larger and service more and uh, make sure we continue to be able to hire employees and um, give people, you know, livings that, you know, good livings here in Buffalo, New York, and um, just continue to have a good family business. Hopefully move on to the next generation at some time. Yeah. And, and Terry talked about some of the, um, the changing technology and, you know, younger people with new ideas coming in and be able, being able to help and advance the, mm -hmm. the business. Liz, as part of that next generation, what does that look like to you? Well, I mean, it's, it's amazing the things that, you know, even, I mean, I think that I'm still young, but when I look at some of the people we have now in their 20s and what they bring to the table, it's amazing what they can accomplish and their thought process and their aggressive nature and um, utilizing all of the technology um, from the computer to, you know, automation to get the job done faster and more efficiently. It, it's very exciting. I'm very encouraged by uh, the newer, younger people that we have within our organization, along with the knowledge and wealth that we have of the people who've been with us for a long time. You know, the biggest job for me is to make sure that we continue with the same business ethics and morals. And, you know, we have a culture here that is pretty special. And my grandfather started that culture. And, you know, luckily um, we have a family between my grandfather, my father and I that all believe in the same ethics and morals and culture. So it's just a matter of a bigger, larger business growing at a faster pace with faster moving parts, but still continuing to keep the same um, ideas and values within our organization. So that that's really the you know, constant thing that I, that I look at pretty frequently as a family member. Terry, you talked about the mindset that your father had in, in starting the company and, and him being a visionary um, and laid out some of the, the growths that you've made and expansions. What, um, you know, as the leader of the company, what advantages do you think Western New York as a location has presented your company, you know, be it, affordability or, you know, as you've hired more people, what, what advantages does Western New York offer ceiling devices and really any manufacturer that's got a growth mindset? I will say, you know, the advantage is um, right now, I think we, we have some very, you know, Buffalo is a very loyal community. Western New York's a very loyal community and, you know, a lot of blue collar workers. So 
we have been very fortunate to get some very good workers for us that um, really believe in ceiling devices and really have brought us to where we need to be. So if I were to say one thing that's been very good is um, we've been able to get some very, very good employees from our area um, that love our company and are very loyal to us. Yeah, you know, Greg, one of the things that we have, and she's exactly right about that, I think at 200 people, we probably have the finest workforce we've ever had. And we always want to make our company something you want to come to in the morning and do your job and not be under pressure, but do a fine job, go home at night and come back and wanted to come back in the next day because there's interesting things, things happening here. So, you know, that is a good point. We have great workforce. The pandemic has obviously been a challenge for everybody on a lot of fronts. Um, you know, obviously the health and safety of everybody is the number one concern, but something we've seen um, is the resiliency of manufacturers over the last eight months. You know, most of them never stopped working and a lot of them have increased workload depending on the industries that they're in. And I think part of that speaks to the workforce that you both touched on, especially here locally and kind of that blue collar nature. Um, but a lot of people have had to pivot and change. How has ceiling devices, you know, found room to, uh, you know, operate safely, but, but still grow and, um, you know, be able to stay resilient like the workforce that you touched on? You want me to take that? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we work together. See, <laughs> it's a family bond. It's <laughs> he's good at the older stuff. Yeah. Um, so we have made sure that we have taken care of all of our employees. So we want to make sure our first and foremost is that they're safe and healthy and that they go home exactly the way that they came here. We've always had that, that model. And as a manufacturing company, um, you have to, because, you know, whether whatever type of manufacturing you're in, they come to work every day and they work with heavy machinery and they work with some different things out on the floor that we have to make sure their safety is first and foremost. So it hasn't been any different with the pandemic and the health crisis that's going on. So we have, um, in the beginning, we actually had sent some of our office people home um, just to get more people out of the building when we were very unsure of the situation and what was going on. Um, anybody that had high risk and health positions, we had to make sure where they were taken care of. We spread everybody out within our facility. Um, we're very lucky. We have a lot of room. We are not crammed in our facility. So we moved some things around. So our risk would not be high when it came to if somebody did get um, the virus. We were very lucky in the first round. We didn't have anybody who was in our building that had uh, COVID at all. So we got very lucky with that. We fed, you know, brought in individually wrapped lunches every single week and individually wrapped breakfast on Friday and um, did special contests and gave away prizes and just kept people very informed and of what was going on around um, within our company. Um, we did see a drop in some business, especially our aerospace business because of obviously lots of things that were going on. Um, but other than that, we've stayed very steady. We have not had to lay off anybody. Um, we've kept business going very well. Um, we're kind of seeing level off right now. We're hoping to see more come back in January. 
but um, we've had been able to keep everybody here and safe and happy and you know just it's more of a case-by-case -case basis on concerns that they have we do know that this is a very big part of our executive management life for the next few months um, keeping people happy and safe and comfortable um, so we do everything we can. We, we take temperatures every single day. We have extra cleaning staff in here. Um, we've added extra workstations. We've brought people to different areas of the, the facilities, depending on what their health risks are. Um, you know, we're working with them on kids that are home from school, you know, making sure that their home life is also not interpreted and interrupted too much because we know that that's obviously being a family business you think about family so we want to make sure their kids are well taken care of and so it's just you know it's a lot of day-to-day -day managing um, per situation we really try and follow all the cdc guidelines for businesses essential businesses we have never stopped working a day we're an essential business so we've been been working non-stop and have had everybody in the building, you know, especially on the manufacturing side, we've had 150 people come in every single day since day one in March. So, yeah. yeah. And we, um, through our BN Buffalo brand, we had a virtual career fair um, last week that Sealing Devices participated yes, in. Did. So yes. growing and continuing to hire through all this as well, which is a, a really good, you know, sign for all of our listeners to, to hear and, and know that, you know, there are companies here in Buffalo Niagara that are not only managing it well, but continuing to grow like yourself. Sure. Yeah, we, we've hired, um, which is interesting during a pandemic to hire new employees when you can't be more than six feet <laughs> together, but we have hired probably 10 or 12 new people through this pandemic. Um, we still have a couple positions open. Um, we have some positions that are evergreen that are always open um, just because we always expect this growth in business. So yeah. Hiring is always, always something we'll be doing. Yeah, we had, um, we've been remote since March because, you know, we're an <laughs> office-based business, but we had somebody on our team start, um, I think March 16th, the very first day that we were all sent home. So we've actually <laughs> never been in the office with, <laughs> as a full team. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for people when they're so used to getting up every day. And, you know, that's part of the mental wellness that we have and um, just making sure people are, you know, sometimes these people, the only time they can get up and, and leave the house is when they go to work and they see their friends and their family. And, um, you know, it's hard for everybody. So we just try and really do what we can. You know, it's interesting because we know everybody here and we know their family, you know, through Christmas parties and the wives and stuff. So they're really friends of ours. You know, we work together, but we're still friends. I go out on the floor about once a week and talk to everybody, make sure they know what the company's doing and where we're going. And was surprised how upbeat they have been through the whole period. It's getting a little bit testy now as we get into the holidays and We've had to cancel our company Christmas party and things like that. And, you know, they're just tired of everything. But, you know, we still, we still have a lot of people that we want to make sure we take care of. And that's important. Yeah, and it's, you know, your executive team obviously is an actual family, but it seems the culture that you've created is a family atmosphere for all 200 of your employees to be, you know, one big, one big family and I'm sure that that helps through trying times like this, especially with the, even the mental well-being and just sure. people wanting to come to work and, and be able to manage it a bit better. 
Yeah, I mean, our executive team, um, you know, really the only family members are the two of us now. Right. Um, but our executive team, there's five of us, six of us, and um, they have never, they've been here every single day. We've all been here every single day, making sure we're, you know, being cheerleaders and instructing, you know, helping people through the time. So they've been awesome. They really have. And yeah, they're, they're just as much family as, as we are. So yeah, definitely a culture. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate your time and all that you're, you know, you do for Western New York and employing so many people and, and, keeping these jobs here in Buffalo, Niagara. Before I let you go, we have a couple uh, hard-hitting blizzard round questions that we like to end on. So <laughs> I, I'll ask a question and then we'll go Liz and then Terry. So if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Oh, oh man. Sometimes I really love chocolate peanut butter and then sometimes I am a Parker House cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, how about you? Oh, I I, uh, I like the custard twists, you know, ice cream, you know, <laughs> That's vanilla my and pick. chocolate. Yeah. That's my my dad is a big one for ice cream, so, you know. My grandchildren, I always say, anybody for ice cream? <laughs> I know I get a several of them right away and say, let's go, you know. <laughs> uh, Booker TV show that you'd recommend? Grey's Anatomy, all day long. I love NCIS, have for a long time, you know, so uh, the original NCIS. You know. Two good picks. <laughs> How about text or phone call? Text. Phone text. Call. text. Phone <laughs> That's the generational but, divide. But you're getting much better at texting. Yeah. <laughs> Bills or Sabres? Bills. Bills. Great pick. I'm on that too. Hiking or skiing? <laughs> Ooh, probably hiking. I was, I'm pretty athletic, but for some reason, skiing, I never could pick up. Yeah, hiking for me also. I never really got into skiing. We were starting the business about those times that we were doing it, and it was just no money and just, you know, you had to keep working. So. Yeah. And last question, the most important one, chicken wings, drumstick or flat? Flat. Flat. <laughs> Runs in the we're family. Related. Yep. <laughs> We don't like the bones. We're hoping other people, you know, in our family want the drumsticks. <laughs> I'm a drumstick guy, so you would oh, like, there you go. You'd like splitting it with me. My kids are drumsticks. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys, for your time. Really oh, appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting us on this. Yeah, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy yeah. Thanksgiving and a Thank good you. holiday season. Yeah. Thank you. You both as well. privately funded, nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast, follow our social media channels, and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.